Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm a top local story. You've heard stories for years about Chicago's urban prep schools, which have become famous for producing seniors with 100% acceptance rates. The college, with a vote today by state regulators, will force that school to give up their charters to operate and turn their facilities over to Chicago public schools. WBBM Steve Miller with the story. This has been a long time in the works for the all-male schools after sexual misconduct allegations came came out against Urban Prep's founder, Tim King, and after the charter schools were accused of financial irregularities. Chicago Public Schools moved to revoke the charters of Urban Prep's Inglewood and Bronzeville campuses, and Urban Prep appealed to the Illinois State Board of Education. Here's Troy Boyd, Jr., Urban Prep's chief operating officer. Our city, state, and country should be expanding opportunities available to black boys and young men, not limiting them by closing the schools that have specifically served them well. State Board of Education member Donna Leak abstained in the vote to revoke Urban Prep's charter. I am completely aware of the various compliance issues that have caused the actions that led us to today. Those compliance issues are clear violations that cannot be ignored. However, those issues are adult decisions that now impact these young men. The State Board of Education voted to revoke Urban Prep's charter. Steve Miller, 105.9 WBBM. Violence among young people and how to prevent it over the summer months was on the mind of Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson as he addressed Illinois lawmakers in Springfield this afternoon. Chicago will look to aggressively expand the number of jobs for young people. We'll do it by bringing government, philanthropy, the private enterprises together around our common interests to invest in people, particularly young people, and that is the future of the state of Illinois, our young people. Johnson spent the morning meeting with state senators and representatives from numerous caucuses as he looked to strengthen relationships in Springfield that will be key to his administration's success. The woman that Brandon Johnson will succeed, Mayor Lightfoot, has spent much of this day presiding over her final council meeting as Chicago's chief executive. It's also the last meeting for a dozen aldermen who are retiring or were unseated in citywide elections. Leslie Harrison from the 5th Ward was one of the council members offering final remarks during today's marathon meeting. It has been an incredible journey, and I have loved most of it. Madam Mayor, I have, I won't say enjoyed, but we have had a good working relationship, and we have managed to accomplish some amazing things together. A new council and mayor-elect Johnson will be sworn in on May 15th. A man and a woman are dead after crashing a utility terrain vehicle in unincorporated Antioch last night. Details from WBBM's Rachel Pearson. A 56-year-old man was driving the UTV and a 50-year-old woman was in the front passenger seat. Just before 10 p.m., the Lake County Sheriff's Office says the vehicle veered off West Dressel Road near Douglas Avenue and struck a large tree. Neither occupant was wearing a seatbelt or helmet as they were partially ejected from the UTV. Officials say they were pronounced dead at the scene and that the cause of the crash remains under investigation. Both occupants lived in unincorporated Antioch, though their names have not yet been released. That's the latest from Antioch. 
Metro's board has approved a multi-million dollar contract to upgrade its video monitors at all of its stations. Rockford-based Global Display Solutions has that contract to install the weatherproof monitors over a three-year period. A new study by Northwestern Medicine is providing some insight into COVID long haulers. Researchers focused on 600 long COVID patients, 100 who had been hospitalized during their infections, and 500 who had milder cases that did not require hospitalization. Doctors noted the most common neurologic symptom in both groups was brain fog, with 81% of the patients experiencing it. And the most common non-neurologic symptom was fatigue, with nearly 86% of patients impacted by it. Other common symptoms experienced by more than half the patients included headaches, dizziness, loss of taste or smell, depression, anxiety, and insomnia. Dr. Igor Koralnik is chief of neuroinfectious diseases at Northwestern Medicine. We are trying to understand here not only how to better diagnose those patients and better treat them, but also what is causing long COVID in the first place. The study also found that COVID long haulers who were hospitalized showed broad cognitive impairment, while the patients with mild infections mainly had difficulties with attention tasks. My Martinez, 105.9 WBBM. The Democratic National Convention is 16 months away, and local and national activists are already making plans for their own activities around the event. WBBM's Mike Krause reports they're asking for permits under the umbrella of the Coalition to March on the DNC. Activist Joe Osbaker, who organized the 2012 anti-war NATO protests, says they will primarily be marching against what he calls racist policing. The greatest moment in the last 50 years of history was the George Floyd Rebellion. The New York Times reported that between 16 and 25 million people took part in those protests in the month after George Floyd was killed. That makes it the largest protest movement not only in U.S. history, it makes it one of the largest protest movements in world history. And we need to bring that momentum back into the streets. Osbaker was joined by a handful of other activists at the Federal Plaza discussing plans. He said the prospects are tremendous to have tens of thousands of people. That's the story from The Loop. Chicago's public health commissioner says adding mental health clinics may not be the way to help more people in Chicago. The city of Chicago shut down six of its 12 mental health clinics in 2019, which has been a serious bone of contention for many people. But Public Health Commissioner Dr. Allison Arwady says the city actually is helping more people now without bringing back clinics. We went from serving about 3,600 people in 2019 across the five clinics that we directly operate, as well as some of other programs, all the way up last year to around 74,000. Dr. Arwady says the way the city accomplishes more with fewer clinics is by outsourcing the work to mental health clinicians and using existing facilities. Commissioner Arwady has said she'd like to remain in her position when Brandon Johnson is sworn in as mayor, but Johnson hasn't yet publicly committed to a decision. Bernie Tafoya, 105.9 WBBM. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.